My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. I come into his throne room today to give him glory and honor. Lift your hands wherever you might be. Praise him. Clap your hands. Lift your voice. Giving praise and glory in whatever way that you can. At this moment, let him know that he is glorious. He is lifted up. He is exalted. He is our King. He is our Lord, our God and our Savior. And I am so grateful for the wonderful presence that I feel this morning. And I want to thank our singers and our musicians for doing such an outstanding job every single service where they have been. They have brought us into the presence of the King and I am so grateful to them and all of our support staff, our video and our view people to help us with this online broadcast. And I am so grateful to them. Thank you for all of your support and your help. You have made this possible. And so many of our people have commented and appreciated our live streaming and the effort that goes into it. And we just appreciate uh, so much their help. Well, good morning, everyone, and I hope that you and your family are doing well, and thank you for joining us. We're delighted that you have tuned in to this live broadcast, and I bless all of you in the wonderful name of Jesus. Our online revival continues this next week, so on Wednesday night, by popular request, I'm going to be teaching using the charts from Exploring God's Word again. And I just want to show you how I do home Bible studies. I think it will be a valuable lesson to help you understand how we do home Bible studies. And you heard in the panel discussion on Thursday night, Brother Brown discussing it as well. And it just helps us to to know how to do that. Thursday night, Brother Greg Kuhn will be preaching. And Friday night, Brother Greg Godwin, and that will happen Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night at 7 p.m., and then on Sunday at 11 a.m., and then Sunday at 6 p.m., and that'll be, of course, next week. Now, tonight, remember, Brother Rick Stoops is going to be speaking and praying for miracles. We have a healing service that will be a blessing to you. Please contact someone that you know is sick. We were so blessed during this time to pray Brother Mike Carter out of the hospital. Uh, He went in with some very serious situations, but the Lord has brought him out, and we're rejoicing in that miracle. And so please contact someone that you know is sick and ask them to tune in to the online broadcast because I believe that it's going to be powerful. And even maybe you could, after the service, call them on the phone and speak the word of healing to them. And you could 
be a part of the a catalyst to provoke and to promote that miracle in their life. So I want you to stay strong in faith. I want you to be encouraged. The Lord is with us, and he's going to see us through this. In Jesus' name. I know everybody is wanting all of this to be over with. And I can understand that. But now I want you to receive what I'm about to say by faith. Because this word that I'm going to speak into your spirit is going to be the counsel of the Lord that God has given me. And I know that later on we're going to be giving you more practical guidance and counsel about how we're going to restart church and be safe and all of that. But right now... If we don't get this right, there won't be any reason for the practical guidance because we're going to have to get the spiritual guidance. And the Lord has given me spiritual guidance that I want to share with you. There's no reason to even tune in tonight for miracles. If we don't get this right, the miracles are not going to happen. We have got to deal with the spiritual issue. If we don't, then we're not going to be able to see what God wants us to accomplish. I believe we're poised to experience the greatest apostolic advancement we've ever seen. And I think we're going to witness an increase. And I want you to speak that to somebody right now in your home. Say, so we're going to witness an increase in an abundant harvest of souls. I want you to speak it to them. Abundant harvest of souls. I'm not only wanting to encourage your heart. I want to encourage the heart of the church and lift your faith and your spirit. But I'm speaking to the growth of the church because God doesn't want this to stalemate us. He wants us to grow through it. And I can sense the hunger. The presence of the Lord is in this place. I can sense the desire here. And I might even say there's faith in this house. There's faith in this place for the miracle. And we're going to see it it, and we're going to experience it because God has given us the permission to do so. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to read along with me. I want you to find Psalm 73 and verse 13. Now remember that this was a psalm written by Asaph. And Asaph said, my foot well nigh slipped when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And I want you to understand he was responding and God was responding to that spiritual condition in his heart. And your, your feet can slip if you look around you and you see all of the things that are happening around you. Your, your feet can slip. And I want to stabilize you and I want you to find some solid ground and a solid foundation to secure your spirit to so that you'll know that God is going to protect us, God's going to lead us, and he's going to guide us. And so I want to sort of go through the process here of each verse to give you an understanding of what he's saying. Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. He was in pain because he felt like all of his holiness was in vain. I've lived for God. I've done what's right. And this is what happens. And this is what I get for it. Well, that was a very important uh, understanding. And then he said, for all the day long have I been plagued. Here's your virus. All day long I've been plagued and chastened every morning. And then he even goes on to say in the 15th verse, and if you don't really catch it, you'll miss it. 
He says, if I say and will speak thus, meaning if all I talk about is the plague and all I talk about is my pain, he said, I'll offend the next generation that's coming along. I'll offend the generation of my children. And he said, when I thought about this, it was too painful. Man, he said, I was just in pain until I went into the sanctuary of God and then I understood their end. There's going to come an end to this and God's got an end to it. And that end is going to be an expected end. But you've got to learn what to talk about. And there's the key. That's the lever. That's the, the dial. That's the thing that opens the door for this. You've got to learn not just to speak to your enemy. You've got to speak to the problem. And you've got to speak to the promise and not just the problem. So I want to talk to you today about speaking to your promise. I'm not speaking about the plague and I'm not going to talk to you about the virus. I'm going to talk to you about the promise. When God can show you the purpose of your pain and then and only then will your pain cease to paralyze your progress. You've got to change focus and you've got to begin to speak to the, the promise. We've been focused on the end of our enemy and not our destiny. We need to be focused on what God is counseling us to do. Now, the verse 24 of Psalm 73, it says, Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. It was God's guidance that caused Asaph to focus on the promise and not the pain he had endured. And I want you to make the choice today based on the promise and not the pain you're experiencing and the uncomfortableness of having to stay home and can't get out and can't go to church and have to be shut in with the kids. Hallelujah. We're past that point in my household, but I know some of you are about stir crazy now, but I promise you that God's got an end to it and I speak to the destiny of what the Holy Ghost is trying to accomplish through all of this and I want to be a part of the promise. I want to speak the promise into existence and so I'm going to bless the church in this hour, it's going to be worldwide. When God gives us a harvest of souls, it's not just going to be for Pensacola. It's going to be the whole world. In one accord, and they are speaking to this. See, and the reason why I want you to understand this is because the problem is not the virus and it's not the plague. It's not the pain. It's the dark spirit that's behind it. It's the spirit of manipulating people with fear, controlling people's lives, telling people what to do, and people seizing power that does not belong to them. And then people just laying down their civil liberties like there is no constitution and there's no bill of rights at all. And people are just laying down and letting it just run right over them. Listen, I speak against that dark spirit. They, they are not going to shut the church down. The church is going to rise up with a new fervor and a new faith and a new desire 
to see the advancement of the kingdom of God like never before. I think we ought to press the advantage that God has placed at our doorstep. People are shaken. People are stirred. And they need to hear a gospel message and they need to hear from somebody that can speak to the promise and not just talk about the plague and the problem. Notice that you will receive this guidance. But once you get your plan and your strategy and your guidance from God, he said, I'll receive you to glory. Now, you have to understand what he's talking about here. He's talking about what the Greeks called the, the parousia, which refers to the fact that when a king is visiting another kingdom, the king of that particular kingdom comes out and he greets him a, a distance away and then escorts him back in to, uh, to his city. And there they will fellowship together. They'll talk about policy and how they can benefit from an alliance or whatever it is that they've got to discuss. Well, this is what God's saying here. If, if I can hear the right voice, if you'll respond to the guidance that I'm giving you right now and you start speaking to the promise, I will come down from heaven. I will meet you where you, oh, hallelujah. I will meet you where you're at and I will escort you through the enemy's camp and I will bring you into the purpose and into the promise and we'll talk, we'll talk shop. We'll sit down at the war table. If we need to go to war, we'll fight until we win the victory. If we need to develop economic alliance, we will do what we have to do because I have the resources. You've come to the right place. And God will do that. The reason God has to escort you to the promise is because there's opposing forces. There's people everywhere that want to mess up what God's doing. And there are backslid people that have a bitter heart that want to see the church damaged through all of this, and we're not going to let it happen. I come against that in the name of Jesus. We're going to bind that in Jesus' name. This dark spirit that's behind it all, I, I come against it in Jesus' name, and I bind and I say, I'm going to loose the Holy Ghost and fire in this place. And there's going to be liberty to worship God and praise God like we've never had before. Asaph said in verse 6, now 26, he said this, my flesh and my heart faileth. And how, and how many people have experienced this failing of their heart? There's just not... But God is the strength of my heart. That's the inner energy that you need. That's the inner resolve that you need. And my portion forever. There's your promise. My portion forever. That's the promise. But it's not just the promise. You got to have energy on the inside to be able to possess that promise. Because there are restrictions. There are resistances. There are opposing forces. So two things we've got to overcome if we're going to successfully find the promise. First of all, you've got to overcome the toxic culture that plagues us. Brother Stafford preached about it Friday night, did a wonderful job uh, talking about unforgiveness and how we need to forgive. Well, that's a toxic culture in Pentecost that's got to be dealt with, and you might as well deal that, with that in your own home. Jealousy and envy and strife. 
Listen, we need to set all of those petty things aside. And the spirit of fear needs to be conquered in Jesus' name. And then number two, we need to deal with the internal pain caused by our disappointment, our unanswered prayers, our sick babies that don't get healed. These are realities. They've got to be handled with care. But we cannot overcome until God lifts our thinking. And that's what the counsel of the Lord began to speak to me. He said, I want you to lift their thinking, to start thinking correctly, and to think according to the instruction of the word. Because the entrance of the word giveth light. That's what the Bible says. Lift your spirit and strengthen your faith. God wants to expand our boundaries. He wants to break the yoke of our oppression. He wants to escort you. You say, but you don't know where I'm at right now. I'm afraid and I feel frail on the inside of my heart, but yet I come to the king that can make a difference. I come to my promise and I'm on the border of it, but I can't seem to cross over. Well, the king will come out and escort you and receive you into glory and say, devil, you can't have them and you can't touch them and you cannot defeat them because I am their victory. I speak freedom and liberty and let it have its way. Truth can make us free and the spirit can give us liberty. I break every yoke of oppression in the name of Jesus in this place and I take authority over it. But you've got to develop a spirit of receptivity to the word of God. I mean, you can't just look at the word and the way it's preached and say, well, if we preach it this way, we make it more effective. That's not true. That's never been the scripture. Jesus said the whole purpose and the whole plan is what kind of soil do you have? Well, not the condition of the seed. The seed's perfect. <laughs> the seed's got life. I just want to know, do you have any life in you? And do, where, what's your soil? So what I need to do right now is just speak the blessing of the Lord upon every one of you, and I'm going to put some nutrients. I'm going to break up the fallow ground of your negative thinking a little bit, and I'm going to give you some faith in the name of Jesus. I, I speak anointing on you right now, that everything you speak to, God will hear it, and God will come from his heavenly place and escort you into his promise and into his purpose. I want to speak that anointing. I speak that we're going to flourish in this hour and increase. There are three counsels God gave me, three counsels that God gave me that I want to share with you that if you will hear them and begin to operate in them and, and to understand what, what Jesus wants us to do, I believe that it will lift your spirit and it will prepare you to step into that authority that, that we are talking about and become what God wants us to be in this hour. First of all, our circumstance is not our identity. The devil wants to deceive you into believing that you're less than what God called you to be. But I, I declare and decree that there is an open heaven over this sanctuary and God's going to impart the blessing. You say, how can you say that? Well, I, my robe has been dipped in the blood of an unblemished lamb. Every generational curse has been broken. I refuse to be forced into a mold of behavior that is being forced and manipulated by the fear and bitterness of the world. I refuse to allow that 
kind of behavior in my life. God does not desire for us to succumb to that, and I refuse the identity of this world. I believe God wants to set us free from every curse and enlighten the eyes of our understanding that we might know who we are in Christ Jesus now. I speak to the promise. I speak to the revival. Be free from the past and step into your promised land. Be free from the plague and step into the promised land. I have a better covenant with better promises, and his name is Jesus. I've got a better Savior. I've got a Jesus that said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. As a matter of fact, I'll escort you all the way there. I'll be with you and I'll make sure that the devil cannot oppose you or resist you, but I will escort you into my presence. Now, here's something you need to understand that no one, listen to me, nobody can keep you from the presence of the Lord. There isn't a condition, there isn't a circumstance even if you were in prison, you can still get into the presence of the Lord. I've been in many prison services where people got the Holy Ghost. And those are uncomfortable surroundings. I was even in a prison in Russia in the middle of nowhere under arrest because I was preaching the gospel and the presence of the Lord was there. And God gave us peace and victory over all of the, uh, the, the deal and, and delivered us. So you've got to understand, I'm not going to let my circumstance dictate my identity. You say, well, who are, who's going to dictate who you are? This word right here. Amen. This word right here. The word of God. That's what's going to dictate who I am. And that is what I'm going to speak to because that is who I am. Here's the second thing. I've learned the art of wounded worship. God knows just how much pressure to apply to turn a piece of coal into a diamond. And he, he knows just exactly how to do it. Now, when Jesus appeared to his disciples after his resurrection, it was not the miracles that convinced Thomas Jesus was Lord and God. It was not the resurrection that convinced him. It was when Thomas saw the wounds. Now, it doesn't, I, don't, I don't think that God wants us to deny the pain, to deny the wounds, to deny the hurt that we feel at an unanswered prayer or that feeling that I have been holy for naught and I have lived for God and it has all been vanity. But he learned to worship when he saw the wounds. And yes, there are some wounds that come in serving the Lord. There is pain associated with serving Jesus Christ. But I've learned that God doesn't turn down my worship. And Pentecostals are bad about this because we think that the only time we can worship is when we're in a sensational church service where the, everything is flowing and every, there's a lot of energy in the house. And that's just simply not true. If Jacob could find God at Luz with his head on a rock, I believe that we can find God in the midst of this plague and in the midst of this shutdown. I think 
if our wounded hearts would cry out and quit allowing ourselves to be caught up in the professionalism of the atmosphere and that's the only time I can worship and when it's just right. That's foolishness. When you're in love with Jesus, when you are in love with the truth, when you walk with God, you can come into his presence anytime you want to and you can worship God. All resin comes from wounded branches, plants, and trees. There's a fragrance that flows from a wounded heart that still worships and gives God glory. I might be wounded and I might be in pain, but though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. For in my flesh shall I see God, for the Lord will redeem me and I will be with him one day. All worship, I really believe, comes from wounded hearts. And I don't think worship should just pour from touting our triumphs. I believe worship ought to come by exposing our wounds and saying, you know, I'm hurting, but I still believe and I'm speaking to my promise. I've chosen my words carefully. Choose your words carefully and speak them with faith. And so here's the third counsel. And, and this is important, to be a master of your circumstances. You gotta have a divine perspective about your pain. Here's the first perspective. I want you to take dominion over your woundedness right now. I want you to speak to it. Since we have to social distance and you can't do anything else, then speak. And then open up your mouth and speak to the woundedness. I want you to speak to the condition of this world right now. I want you to speak to all these dark spirits that are running rampant and wild, and I want you to bind them right now in the name of Jesus. I want you to bind that spirit in Jesus' name. I'm going to take authority over it. I'm not going to back down to it or be afraid of it. Now, I'm going to be smart, and I'm going to be safe, and I'm going to be wise, but I'm not going to bow down to that dark spirit because it is not the will of God. You got to learn to take dominion over that woundedness because God said, I'm going to bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Wham! I'm going to put it under my feet in Jesus' name. I think you ought to just, if you could just stand up and put your foot on it in Jesus' name and take authority over it, God would give us the victory. The second thing is, is you got to develop a joyful and a heart of thanksgiving. It's got to be joy in your heart. Now, I can't change the circumstance, but I can change my response to it by what's in my heart. I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to be thanks. I, I wish somebody would just, I know I can't see you, but you don't smile when you come to church, but I just thought maybe I feel right at home here today. You're responding about like you do when you're here, so praise God. But if you would, thank you very much. I feel right at home here. I feel like we got a full house. But uh, just go ahead and smile at me right now. You need to get a blessing tongue. You need to start blessing people. You need to get a joyful heart. I wish somebody would have some joy in their heart in spite of their circumstance, in spite of the plague, in spite of what's going on. My heart may have failed. My flesh may fail. But God is the strength of my heart. And I'm a child of the king. So I'm going to operate in this council. I'm going to master my circumstances by developing a divine perspective. And I'm going to let the word of God give me that perspective. You must know who you are and to whom you belong. 
to be able to bless other people and watch God bless them and still rejoice in it while you're still in pain. See, that's the problem. The problem is not blessing him. The problem is, is having to watch him get blessed when you're still in pain. And that happens more so than a lot of people are willing to admit. But you got to know who you are. If you know who you are, you know what you got, you can do it. And then you start rejoicing in it. Woo! I just blessed somebody and they got blessed. And then I'm still hurting. Now, God, where's my blessing? That's what I'll go do. I'll go pray and say, okay, God, you blessed them. Now bless me. And he does. How can you view yourself and change the level of the blessing you achieve? I'll, I'll tell you, it's by blessing others. 1 Corinthians 10 and 5 declares, but with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. The word overthrow in the original language is we get our word catastrophe. They, were, they had a catastrophic failure. It means to get knocked down flat. But it also means to make your own bed. Now, what he's saying is, is that what happened in the wilderness is that they created their own problem. Well, in our case, we didn't create this problem. But I refuse to make my bed in the catastrophe. I'm going to get up. I'm going to take authority, and I'm going to take back what the enemy has taken from me in Jesus' name. I'm going to let it change my attitude. Let me show you and prove it to you in Hebrews 4 and 1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should come short of it. Now, I'll tell you where I'm going to make my bed. I'm going to tell you where I'm going to rest. Or that means to make your abode or settle down or in essence, make your bed. I'm going to make it in the promise. Now, the word promise here, it, it says to make an announcement about oneself or to engage to do something with the divine assurance that it will come to pass. I really believe that if we could stand on God's promise, declare in the word of God who we are in Christ, and say, God, I speak to this darkness in Jesus' name. Let there be light. And I believe that God will give us light. Now, you can make your bed in the catastrophe, or you can make your bed in the promise. This preacher's going to make his bed in the promise. That's where I'm going to rest myself. I can't change what's happened, but I can do this. I can stand up and declare. It's not going to take us down, but it's going to further the cause of Christ in the earth. Just since we've started all of this virtual or online revival, since we have begun this whole process, we have ministered to over 82,000 people. I mean, that's unheard of in this short a time for just one single apostolic church. And I'm sure there's other churches, there's more. And many of the other churches that are online, I would love to know what the number is. And if somebody will run those analytics and statistics, we would find out just how many people worldwide and how many countries we've reached. Because the internet goes throughout the world. And I know in some countries they've got, it, they've got the outside world shut down as far as the internet is concerned because of their uh, evil policies. But uh, the, this gospel has gone all over the world through this. And there's probably people we've reached we couldn't have reached any other way. So I'm going, I'm going to say, God's going to fulfill his promise. Amen. I, I'm going to get joyful. I'm going to get thankful because 
Soon and very soon, the barriers are going to come down and we're going to be able to walk into a new dimension and we're going to get to come back to church. I don't know just when yet. We haven't heard, but I do know it's going to happen and God's going to receive the glory and we're going to be blessed and we're not going to fight with it for the rest of our lives, but we're going to rise up and get connected to a power source that'll change everything. Amen. I believe that if you will stay connected to your source and your rule of five, there'll be life in your spirit. It's very important that you become just as convinced of your righteousness as you are of your sin. Because everybody has sin in their life. But you've got to believe that the blood has dealt with that sin problem. And you got to be just as convinced of your righteousness as your sin. Because the heart that serves, the heart that loves, and the heart that clings hears everywhere the rush of angels' wings. I wish I knew where I read that, but I just wrote it down somewhere. And I don't know who said it, but I sure do like it. I'm going to say it again. I like it so much. The heart that serves and loves and clings. Hears everywhere the rush of angels' wings. That means that no matter where you're at, what your condition is, if you know who Jesus is, you're always going to know that he's there working behind the scenes, working things out for his own glory and his own purpose. Hallelujah. Now, I feel we're ready for miracles tonight. Now, you get your thinking straight. You get, you get the, this, this is the counsel of the Lord. I know there's more that will come. There's practical counsel. I've gone all over the world, church. I've been in some of the most dangerous parts of the world. I've been among the terrorists. I've been among those that it's illegal to preach. I've been where the diseases, are there so many diseases, they don't even know how many they got there. And I've been safe through it all. And I know that uh, God can call you home through these different means, but I've Everywhere I've gone, God has been there and the glory of God has been manifest. So dangerous times have been all a part of the gospel ever since the beginning. And it's just what it is. And, and this gospel was not just made for comfort. It was also built for danger. And it was also built, just listen to Paul, just read Paul in, in, the, in the epistles. He'll tell you exactly all the things that he's gone through in order to preach the gospel. And he came through them and the gospel spread and advanced in the kingdom of God. And so shall it do again. So shall it do again. So, if you'll serve, if you'll love, if you'll cling, you'll hear everywhere angels' wings. So, if you're where you can stand, I want you to stand we're going to pray right now, and I believe God's going to do miracles. You're ready for the miracle right now. You're ready to be used not only to receive a miracle, but to speak a miracle. You can speak healing now. Even though your heart fails, even though you're wounded, even though there are, it's uncomfortable being at this time. Understand that. But if you're, if you're always in your comfort zone, you're not growing you got to get out of the comfort zone. Why do you think when babies are born, they cry? 
because they're, it's not comfortable anymore. They're, they're, they're open to a whole new world now. And so that's the reason why we cry out in, the, in our woundedness, we worship. In our pain, we understand the promise. And so I can't promise you a bed of roses. I can't promise you that it's going to be always comfortable. I can't promise that we're not going to fight and battle and struggle. But I can promise you that there's going to be victory at the end of the road. I can because of I've read the back of the book. Amen. And I think it's time for us to get back to what the Bible says and let that be our counsel. That's my identity. That's who I am. Apostolic, Jesus' name, one God. Holy Ghost filled. Amen. Now we're going to pray. And I want you to lift up your voice. Say, God, use me to be the, the voice of blessing. Lord, use me to be the voice of blessing. Use me to be the voice of healing. As we speak it tonight in the Holy Ghost, as Brother Stoops preaches about miracles and tells us about the things God is doing now and shall do, I ask that you would empower us to be that voice not only to receive it, and yes, God, I want everyone that needs a miracle to receive it and everyone that needs healing to receive it, but I also want them to become a voice of blessing to others that they would be the channel and the vessel that God uses to heal and to help others. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. God bless you. We'll be here tonight at 6 p.m., and we'll see you then. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.